Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right. <laughs> Hello Calm and welcome down. to Wizards, Warriors, and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, starting with Dirk. Hi, I'm Dirk Ashton, and I am the author of The Books of Babel. My third book is, my fourth book is coming out uh, here shortly, and I have a t-shirt, but I'm not actually, I didn't actually write them. That was Josiah Bancroft. It's never stopped us before. (laughs) And that is Mike. (laughs) When? I'm introducing the hosts, and you are Mike. Oh, oh, I am. That's right. Hi, I'm Michael R. Fletcher. You might remember me from such books as Blackstone Heart and Beyond Redemption. And other fun books. <laughs> Rob? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm Mark Lawrence, and I wrote Prince of Fools. Uh, and I can get away with that, because Mark's never going to come on the show. No. Hey, he does watch it though occasionally, so you might get pulled up on that. Um, uh, he oh, watches for oh, the excellent. first seven seconds, and if we don't mention him, he stops. Well, yeah, we mentioned <laughs> this one. He might, on, he so might actually keep okay. watching until you know. Um, and we mentioned Mark. We're going to talk about you lots. Just keep watching. We will actually talk about you a bit in this episode, Mark. Um, yeah, and surprisingly enough, there are other people who listen to this apart from Mark Lawrence, uh, and we're going to shout out <laughs> in a second. So basically, today's episode actually is a, a question that comes from one of our patrons, uh, Bender, who says, I love the series. It's informative and fun. If I can make a request, can you do an episode on the death of heroic fantasy? Why do we not have heroes anymore? I see more and more of dark slash gray, morally ambiguous main characters and less and less of lawful good heroes. By making fantasy more real, are we losing the fantasy side of the genre? I'm trying to do a blog post on this and would like to hear this group's opinion too. So before we get into talking about this really quickly, we do have some new patrons to shout out. So if you're not familiar with it, our Patreon is just a way where you can support the show for monthly uh, donations and in return you get access to some cool bonuses. Um, new patrons to thank Luke Kidson, uh, Miher and Mark Coulter. So thank you so much for supporting our show. Never had to shout out three patrons in one episode before. So 
that is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, this, like I said before, this question that we're doing this episode about uh, does come from Bender who is on our Patreon. So death of heroic fantasy. First of all, do you guys, do you guys kind of see this happening? Do you think that we have sort of perhaps lost the capacity to have those kind of, uh, those very upstart, like lawful good heroes in fantasy these days? Do you think that's more of a 80s, 90s thing? Um, yeah, let's, let's start by discussing that. Yeah, has anyone that's... actually written heroic fantasy since David Gemmell? Well, that's Gemmell? where I think this question is, is sort of heading at, right? It's like, I can't really think of, of many people who, who I suppose intentionally set out to write heroic fantasy or describe their works as heroic fantasy. So yeah. I mean, what, 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 okay. Let's clarify. What do you guys hmm. consider actually heroic fantasy? What are, what do, what does a, what does the book have to have to be heroic fantasy? Uh-huh. I thought so. I think it would have to be like, I think the problem is with when you describe sort of heroic fantasy, you're, you're basically describing the, the sort of classical hero where they're, they do good. There is no question, mm. you know, uh, over yeah any sort of moral ambiguity or the like, they do good. They, mm. that, that's what they are, like, you know, chivalrous knights or whatnot. Um, They're so boring. I think that's why yeah, it's dying. I, I agree as well. I like think the, the anti-hero is this. interesting. The guy who's just, he's good and he's going to do good no matter what. And like, but no, right. I, I, I think they do still exist. They definitely do. Um, mm. I just, I don't think they exist in something like Grimdark so much anymore, which has... No got to the point where Grimdark is no longer really a genre or a subgenre in itself. It more just, it's, it's pervasive. It's now just part of the fantasy genre. Um, but if you look at like, especially indie fantasy, there is still a lot of heroic fantasy going on. Something like yes. um, yep. Dragon Mage. We had ML Spencer on a couple of months mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that would class as heroic fantasy. Her main yep. character is good. Yep. There is no question, no about, question it. about it. Yeah. He is yeah. good. He does good. Um, what is Sanderson to you guys? What is Sanderson doing? I think Sanderson breaches the dividing line between it in the way that I find interesting. And I was going to bring up Ned Stark as an example of, of how I kind of like heroic fantasy being dealt with in the stories that I read in the sense that I think what is interesting to your point, Mike, is not someone who's just always doing good and it's unquestioned that they are morally upright and everything. But I think that can actually be quite interesting when it is juxtaposed with a world where society is not rewarding people who are like that. So for instance, like in Game of Thrones, Ned Stark is your classical, you know, heroically good, pretty morally unambiguous character in a lot of senses who, you know, always has these principles that he's following. He's trying to do the right thing. But what makes that story interesting is the fact that he's basically the only person in that story world who behaves that way. So there's conflict and there is that, um kind of moral ambiguity coming in in that way and and the question in a large regard of the first game of thrones book is like how do you manage to create like change or or gain power in a world while still keeping your moral values um and he is unable to achieve that because he does keep those moral values so for me i think sanderson kind of bridges the same thing in a bit with um like with dalinar from the stormlight archive who very similar to Ned Stark is this kind of character who's very principled and trying to keep hold of these values. But a lot of the other characters in the world around him 
are not behaving in the same way. Um, and there's there's moral complexity with that. I definitely think out of out of all the authors like working today, Sanderson is probably the one who I would say is closest to that heroic fantasy um, line. Although, yeah, I don't know. I, even then, there's grimdark influence in it. The, the just the surely unrealistic nature of heroic fantasy of there being you know really well defined good guys and bad guys mm. um, c- kind of relegates it to YA and stuff written for like kids and teens and stuff right uh, because I mean if you are growing up at all and it does suck um, I mean <laughs> you kind of see that everyone's I'm not you know even the shitty people kind of have something that they're working toward. A goal. Mm-hmm. And very few, you know, people are like, yes, I am complete shit. I am totally evil and I have nothing but evil intentions. Apart Most people are working towards, except for you, uh, you know, have, have a goal and are, you know, doing their best no matter how badly. Um, and to me, that's where, you know, that's the interest and the interesting part of the, the anti-hero of what gets called grimdark where you go, oh, it's morally gray. It's like, you know, in a way. Like black and white is just unrealistic. Exactly. Everybody is morally gray to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got this shining hero and this horrendously evil character and that's your story, it's like, yeah, okay. So, you know, like, what are you going to do with that? Like we've been there yeah. and he's yeah. evil for evil's sake. So it's true. I, I think part of maybe what uh, Bender is seeing is he's getting older and he's reading books for adults. And so they're, they're just going to be, they're going to be more complex. Well, they, and, and, like I, and also Rob, Rob hit on a good point in that uh, uh, it's, you're not seeing it in traditionally published books almost no. at all, mm-hmm. but, but these books are hugely popular uh, in the indie crowd and on Amazon and in the KU crowd. Yes. And I mean, hugely popular people are selling as many, if not more, many more books writing this kind of fantasy uh in the indie scene and making selling a shitload of books people like michael j sullivan and um and david estes and ac cobble um uh phil tucker ac cobble is probably the only author i've actually heard describe his books as heroic fantasy yeah um Um, for my knowledge uh, at least there may be and and there are there are a bunch of others too and these guys sell outrageous amounts of books so there still is an enormous enormous um fan base for this kind of stuff people eat this stuff up they love it it's just that it's not i mean i could i mean i'll bet i'll bet a lot you know even our listeners who are kind of in tune to this a lot of people don't know who those people are they just you never hear about them um but they are like in the top you know, 5% or less of sellers on Amazon in fantasy. It's huge. Yeah, there's, I think there's a distinction you have to make between the books that tend to sort of like get critical acclaim and will be, you know, talked about in blogger circles and the like, and the books which are devoured by the silent majority of readers mm. who who aren't nope. part of, yes. you know, the, the online communities who don't nope. go around shouting about these books everywhere, but nope. who consume yeah. at a substantial rate. And I think that heroic fantasy 
is still very popular among that silent majority, but it's not so popular among the sort of like the blogger circles and, and the critical um, the you know, in and, the, the like. in and hip people like us. Yeah, but I think that that's part, it, it. It ties in with the idea that yeah, you don't see it much in traditional fantasy anymore. I think traditional fantasy is much more aimed towards sort of um, the critical renown, um, not in all senses. But I think you know you look at the books that have been put out um, traditionally, and yeah, a lot of them are they're pushing boundaries in in many ways. They're yeah. They're trying different things and they're discovering new things about the genre, which is not something that heroic fantasy tends to do. Heroic fantasy tends yeah. to stick to what it knows sells. It's not trying to push you know, boundaries at all. It's just trying to tell this in some ways, tell the story that's already been told, but tell it well um, in a way that people want to read. Still, they do. Still, there are still people who definitely want to read heroic fantasy, want to read about heroes and villains and well, you one. know what one thing that's interesting is that you know you 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 think that you know indie indie publishing is where a lot of ground is being break broken and people are meeting various sundry small niches that the trad publishers can't or won't do um and you'd think that the trad publishers would be more about we need to sell a shitload of books because this is a business right um but uh it's almost kind of switched so that that a lot of indie authors are, are 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 reaching a shitload of readers by giving them what they want. They're not interested in keeping up with the newest political trends or trying to be um, edgy in a lot of ways um, by showing either how cool they are or how they're uh, you know they they're they're. A lot, the, the most successful of the indie authors are the ones who are writing to a crowd, right? Not necessarily writing exactly to market, but some of them do that. And they're very, very good at that. And um, trad is kind of on a different, on a different um, uh, arc at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. If, if, if trad was really trying to dominate the market simply by selling books they'd be doing things like jumping on the lit rpg bandwagon yep. which is obviously yeah. incredibly yeah. popular at the moment yeah you don't see any of that in track publishing no it's it's an indie phenomenon mm. um and i think part of that i mean this is wildly veering off topic here uh, but i think part of that <laughs> is because well it's not really it's not really because he's asking why why have we not seen that much of it so i think we yeah. are seeing that I think things like the the lit RPG and to a degree um, heroic fantasy that is still around, they are dominated in the ebook market these days rather than mm. the paperback market, which is something that um, Trad is kind of failing at. They kind of seem in to almost have just like given up the fight and gone, you know what, ebooks are for indies. We're going to do print. And if we do ebooks, um, it'll cost fifteen dollars, which is basically what you'd pay for a print book. Yes. That, that's exactly it. The, the ebooks aren't competitive. I think so, also, um, um, yeah. I think also what what you do, like we are making a lot of generalizations in this, and I think for the most part they're accurate. But it is also a, a useful distinction to realize that there isn't always a separation between something that is selling heaps and also something that is pushing new ground in a sense. Because we had Will White on recently. I read the first Cradle book, and that is a book that yes, it absolutely follows certain 
tropes that are massively popular with a certain group of readers. But it also does stuff mm-hmm. that I like have not seen other books do before. Like there's literally a scene in the middle of it where like, this is kind of, a, it's not really a spoiler because like I won't describe details, um, but mild spoiler warning for it. Basically a whole bunch of characters die. An angel comes down from a different dimension, resets time, tells the main character about this thing that's going to happen in the future and then just vanishes. And it's like, what the hell? This is like a totally different thing. I've never seen this before. It changes the story dramatically. Um, and that was sort of really a, a lame description of it, but it was so good. And it was just a classic example of like, you reel the readers in with the familiar. And then once you've got the buy-in from them, that's when you can deliver the strange and the unusual and, and push it there, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, that doesn't- And he also treats- to- and it's also not just it's not just an angel right i mean this is (laughs) it's it's basically it's basically a science kind of a science-based magic system yeah where they're actually just more advanced beings you know more advanced magic users worked worked really hard to get the powers that they have and everything is really kind of clean cut as far as levels and what you have to do to get there yeah so yeah, and it's cool makes it in the books it makes it even more interesting than just an yes. angel coming down yeah it's right? the, definitely not an angel it's more yeah, yeah. It's just like an no but it is very much like an angel though mm. i mean yeah absolutely uh rob you're smiling are you <laughs> I, I like the way jed was like i'm gonna try not to do many spoilers and dirk's just like nope spoilers down yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it didn't quite work um yeah and i think i think with Ha-ha. heroic fantasy like coming back to bender's question here why do we not have heroes anymore? I would actually make the argument that a lot of the heroes that you see in fantasy today are more heroic because, again, there is less reward for being a hero in a lot of fantasy worlds. Like, again, Ned Stark comes to mind. Like, for my money, I think Ned Stark is one of the most heroic characters that has been, you know, created in sort of modern fiction. This person who absolutely knows that the way for them to survive and to protect their family and to protect their kingdom is to sacrifice all of their moral values, but instead is like, no, I've, I've got to stick to these things, even though it leads to really bad results. Like for me, that's so much more heroic than someone who's just like, ah, I must defeat this evil sorcerer because they are evil. And there's never any question about them not being evil. And it's just, everyone approves of what I'm doing here. Would you guys agree with that? Like, I think there's more heroism coming when there is actual genuine difficult stakes and more of that moral ambiguity involved in the story. Yeah, and it's the culture too, you know, it's harder to believe in heroes in that kind of, you know, chaotic good um, or, or more completely morally clean because, you know, what lately we've been all about, you know, you know, we find out that this person everybody looked up to, you know, likes to fondle goats or, you <laughs> yeah. know, everyone who's sort of like, yeah, it's, an, the it's, spotlight is a bit of a sociopath. Yeah, and, and, everyone you know, in politics, just, you know, everyone running podcasts, religion, like yeah, podcasters, podcasters, podcasters yeah. are the worst. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. It's particularly, you know, in, you know what what one person puts up as you know a shining example. You know, half the rest of the population is like that person's yeah, just as despic- <laughs> just as despicable as anybody else. You know, it's. it's and, and, and you know, your thing about 
I think in true hor- hor- uh, heroic fantasy, you have some play who's good, who's trying to do good in a world that rewards that. Yes, right? agreed, agreed. Yeah. So that that in a in a good in a world where the people will applaud, mm-hmm. um, and where the people want them to do right, but there is also evil monsters and stuff like that, and bad people that want to conquer and rule and and they're fighting against that but the rest of the world really doesn't want that you know so uh and then then you've got heroic characters who are in a world that doesn't reward that and get their heads chopped off exactly right and then there are then there are then there are um morally gray characters more realistic and then in a world that just doesn't give a shit either way yeah to quote logan nine some do and some don't yeah, exactly. I think it's the notion of, of the hero that I think in in a lot of traditionally published fantasy and, uh, you know, a, a lot of the sort of the indie as well, um, the notion of the hero has kind of grown up with the genre. So if you look at some someone like, let's go with Nona Gray in, uh, in, in you know, Book, Book of the Ancestors, Red Sister and all that. By Mark, Mark Lawrence, Lawrence there you go. We got the reference uh, in. It's a callback. Um, yeah, so if you look at someone like Nona Gray, she is a hero. There is no doubt about it. She, you know, she she defeats the bad guys. She she saves the world. She cares about her friends. She has Spoiler. all those traits. Spoiler! <laughs> she has all those traits. the world! <laughs> she has all those traits of, of a hero um, in the things that she does. But the she's... Uh, the core of her character is a lot more grown up. There's more going on there. She's not just, I'm here to do good. She is conflicted. She struggles, but in the end, she still does the right thing to a degree. Uh, <laughs> and doesn't, makes, she also, doesn't she also kill a shitload of people? She kills a shitload <laughs> of people. Um, so she is still a hero. And I think that's just it. Like the notion of the hero has kind of grown up with the genre um so that in the sort of the circles that you might see most often the traditionally published and the ones that are getting all the the you know the the critical reviews on blogospheres and all that lot i think you are still getting the heroes but it's a more a more nuanced more adult version of a hero as opposed to the childish notion of just like i am good yes yeah mike do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode What was that weird sound? Did you guys hear that sound in the background? Mike is Mike. Mike is Mike is heroic. Good. I think Mike farted, what? but he is heroic. Good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm the wrong person to talk to about this because I I can't understand what would drive a person to 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 be heroic. Uh, and like as soon as you have a family, as soon as you have kids, your your focus narrows to a. Uh, doing good to this very very small circle and mm. like i can't imagine like oh i'm gonna go wander yeah, off leave my family up. behind and save the world it's like no i'm fucking busy <laughs> um well that's why that's why you just have the empire kill your family so then obi-wan can take you under your wing and uh go off and do your stuff um yeah, yeah fair enough fair enough rob any any closing thoughts 
I mean, to be honest, it's probably true. That's probably why when you see like the heroic fantasies, uh, they're, they're all sort of like, you know, orphans and, and oh, yeah. kids and all that lot. And they have to grow up. So, you know, they don't have a family. They don't, they don't have uh, kids yeah, no or worries. parents or anything to look after. They're just, they're on their own, man. Yeah, so why not be a when hero? I'm done, thank you, <laughs> uh, Dirk, closing thoughts? No, I've talked enough. Cool. <laughs> Quote of the podcast. Uh, no, we won't talk a lot. Um, yeah, and no, I think in, to wrap this up, um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question. Um, I think I, I probably do fall similar to, to Mike's perspective on this in the sense that, like, you know, as soon as you get into subjectivity and stuff, it is a bit hard to see some people as objectively heroic because I think everyone thinks or likes to think that they themselves are doing the right thing, even the most despicable villains of history. Um, so the idea of there being like, yeah, objectively heroic characters doesn't, doesn't really work for me, um, hugely. Having said that, I do think the interesting part to play in is having characters who try to do heroic actions in a difficult world, or maybe their selfish actions lead to heroic actions as well, which is another kind of fun dynamic um, that you see in some stories as well. Uh, so Bender, I hope that we answered that question. We were sort of all over the place on that one. Um, but thank you for sending that through. Uh, and to our other listeners and watchers out there, if you want to help support the show on Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Wizards Warriors Words. You can also find the link to that in the show notes. Um, we'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks, guys, Thanks for watching or listening. Bye.